Hello, and welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe God works through people every day to help us. These people are selfless and so very humble. The majority of us don't even know they exist or existed. My name is Angel, and each podcast I will showcase one of these amazing people. Their stories will uplift, inspire, encourage, support, heal, and give you hope. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for finding us. I sincerely hope and pray that you find everything that you're searching for here and more. And if you're returning, thank you so much for returning. Well, here we are, folks. Episode 20, the infamous episode. <laughs> no, it, it's not going to be like that, I, I promise. Uh, it is the season finale and not the show finale. And I've got some very important news uh, about the show at the end of this show. So stay tuned for that. So I want to focus on this episode, just kind of having a heart to heart with everyone with all of you, uh, about the state of things that are going on, especially here in the United States. Um, I don't know if you all are aware or not or familiar with or witnessing or seeing this, but religion is under attack. And it's not just one faith or another faith or this church or that church. It's all religion, all faiths. Uh, the current culture and society is completely against um, any kind of faith and religion. They want you to uh, adopt their views. Um, it's a culture and a society that is completely lost and disconnected. I'm sure you all can agree with that. And although this seems like it happened overnight, especially like it seems like it really ramped up during COVID, you know, it got a really good foothold and has just really accelerated. Um, although that appears to be how it is, this has been going on for quite a little while. This probably goes back to as early as the 60s, if not the 1960s, if not earlier than that. Uh, it's been a slow progression. It, again, it just appears to have ramped up here lately within the past year or two years. So it's more important than ever for you and me and everyone of faith, regardless of our faith. And I guess I should just give a disclaimer right now. All of this is my personal opinion. I'm not representing um, any church, any denomination, any particular faith. Um, I mean, because right now I see myself as a, like I said in previous shows, as a mutt as far as my faith or Better yet, I'm a nomad, So, and I'll get into that here in a, in a minute. But it's so extremely important that all of us of all faiths put all of our differences aside and unite, keep doing our faith, and start supporting others of other faiths um, and banding together because it's the only way we're going to get through this. I mean, as the old saying goes, united they stand, divided they fall. And that's the truth. And the thing about those who are wanting to change things and get rid of faith and religion uh, because they deem it bad and they deem it all kinds of negative things that it's 
obviously not. Um, they, you know, they they want that control over us by us not having anything to turn to in our faith. We will turn to the government. We will turn to society. We will turn to this group or turn to that group, uh, which is socialism, which is exactly what they want. So as I was saying, it's ever more important now for us to unite together, again, regardless of your beliefs. Um, and I know that's very difficult for a lot of people because a lot of people are very set in their beliefs, in their faith. So we're going to be discussing that in this episode. So we'll begin with the title of this episode, which is Living Your Faith. Now, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. What I mean by living your faith is that it's in and of itself, living your faith. You are your faith. You don't need to quote scriptures at anyone or to anyone. You are a model of your faith by everything you think, say, and do. Um, and that's how, you know, it should be. I mean, that's, if, if you're Christian, I know we have a lot of people that are of different faiths, uh, but, you know, just using Christianity as a reference point. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to um, walk like Jesus. You're supposed to walk with Jesus. You're supposed to be like Jesus. I mean, that's an impossible thing for us as mere humans, but it's something we're supposed to strive to do. So in striving to do that, if you keep that in the forefront of your mind, that I am to be like Jesus, or as some say, put on Jesus. I'm, you know, I'm supposed to clothe myself in Jesus. I'm supposed to be Jesus. Then you have to keep that in mind as you are going about your every day, you know, what, everything you're thinking, everything you're saying, everything you're doing, the person that cuts you off in traffic just now, you know, that you probably gave the middle finger to or cursed at. I mean, that's not something Jesus would do. So it's something that you not only keep in your mind, but you actively keep referring to um, in your mind. It's a reference point. You just keep referring back and forth, back and back and back to it that, you know, you are to be like Jesus, you know, if you're here in the States, I don't know how much it went as far as worldwide, but years ago, there were these little bracelets that would say uh, WWJD on it, which stood for What Would Jesus Do? And I'm not referring back to that gimmick, but it helps to keep that in your mind, at the forefront of your mind, and everything you think, say, or do, stop for a moment, which you can do, stop for a moment and think for a split second before you do something, what would Jesus do? And then proceed from there. So again, using Christianity as a reference point, this goes for interacting with people of other faiths and religions. What would Jesus do? I mean, he's not going to uh, damn and condemn somebody or turn his back on somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, or not have something to do with somebody of a different faith or a different culture. I mean, it's or a religion. It, it, there's examples of this in the Bible, which we'll get into here in a moment. And I'm no theologian by any way, shape, and or form. I'm still learning it myself. But for me to pick this up, that means anybody can pick this up in the Bible and, and see, you know, what Jesus was, was getting at and what how he lived. And I'm 
you know, through this episode, I want to share this information with all of you and, and greatly urge all of you, if you're not already doing this, I know a lot of you may already be doing this, but you might be saying, hey, that's how I am already. And that's great. If that's how you are, awesome. I mean, my wife's that way. My son's that way. Um, and they are of different faiths than I am. And, you know, that's awesome. Be that, that continue to do what you're doing, but please continue to listen to the show because I'm I'm sure you'll find it interesting at the least. So some might say, well, I can't associate with this person or this group of people or this faith or this religion because they don't believe in God. And to that, I have to respond. What is your belief in God? And I can guarantee I can get all kinds of people together in one room and ask each person separately what their view is on God and their belief in God. And I guarantee you, each and every person you ask will have a different response, different beliefs, different views. Everybody will. I can guarantee you, I can get you two priests from the same parish together and ask them, and I will get a different response from each priest from the same parish. It's because we are all affected by our conditioning and what we've been exposed to growing up and what we've learned and what we've studied and how we've interpreted it and the things that are in our culture and our society. And um, it's everything. Everything influences you, you know, from the music that you listen to, to the books that you read, to the news that you watch. Um, you know, it affects you. It, it, you know, manipulates you. It changes you. Sometimes for good, a lot of times for, for negative. And that's one thing you have to keep in mind is when you're saying, well, they don't believe in God, you're saying they don't believe in my God. And no one can believe in your God the way you do because your God exists in your heart and mind as you perceive God. You know, does that mean that you're wrong? No, because since God is infinite and omnipresent, God is in all forms. God is in your heart. God is in the other person's heart that you're saying they don't um, follow. They don't worship. Um, you know, you could look at uh, a pagan and say, well, they don't believe in God. Well, they believe in a higher force, in a higher being, per se. They be believe in a higher energy, which if you break it all down and analyze it, it's the same thing as God. But we cling to this word. God, you know, and believe it or not, if you're looking in the Bible and you go all the way back to the Old Testament, um, to Moses in, at the burning bush, before the burning bush, there was no name for God. Man did not know the name of God. It wasn't revealed until Moses asked God uh, at the burning bush what his name was. You know, God says, take these commandments back to the, your people or my people, and, you know, tell them, blah, 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 and, you know, go over this with them and tell them these are the commandments. And Moses is like, well, who who do I say, you know, said this? What, you know, I just can't go back and say, I, I'm telling you this because they'll tell me I'm crazy. And do you think God referred, replied back, tell them God sent, you, sent me or sent you, sending you, God gave you this? No, he didn't use the word. The word God is an old English word, uh, which itself is derived from pro 
Germanic word called gudan. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Its cognates is another in another Germanic language, including goop, gudis, which are both Gothic, guo, which is Old Norse. So Old Norse, that's Vikings. Those are pagans. So, you know, here we're focusing on a word. Um, and also other people were using the word God in Old Saxon, Old Frisian, and Old Dutch, and got or goat in Old High German. So as you see, the word God is a fairly new term. And if you're going, again, if you're Christian and you're going back, you know, 2,000 or so years, this is a fairly new word. Um, so what was the original name of God? If you look in the Hebrew Bible, which is the original Bible, in the Old Testament where Moses is at the burning bush, God said his name was Ehwa. And Moses was like, you know, that means I am. So Moses was like, I can't go back and say, I am said this or I am said that. So God then said Yahweh, which it's, you know, later the Jew Jewish and Hebrew was changing that because they said that common everyday humans shouldn't be saying the name of God. They shouldn't be using that word. So Yahweh came from that as a sub word. So you wouldn't be using that sacred holy word. You'd be using a more humanistic uh, word that would not be so, you know, holy because, it, you know, they didn't want you to burn your mouth saying, you know, saying the word because, you know, they believe that we are all sinners and that we don't deserve to speak such a holy name or holy word. But there's all kinds of different names for God, you know, Abba, and, and it goes on and on and on. But then you could say, well, they don't believe in Jesus. Well, again, the name Jesus is, again, fairly new name. Um, you know, you want to go back. It, it was in the Bible. It says Emmanuel. You know, he will be called Emmanuel. So, um, again, we get caught up in the particulars and things that we nitpick and try to find out instead of just following what Jesus would do. You can't go wrong doing that. Again, I'm, I'm referring to Christianity as examples, and I'm sorry for those who aren't Christians, but I hope you're able to understand where, where I'm going here. And I'll, I'll try to relate more to your faiths here in, in just a moment. So again, getting back to, you know, to the differences, I mean, in what Jesus would do. Jesus lived in a similar time to what we're living in now. Things are going crazy, and they've been going crazy for a long time. And, you know, there was a lot of issues with his faith at that time, with the Jewish faith, which is why he came to, you know, proclaim the kingdom of God and, and try to get everybody on the same page, which, as we see how they treated him, I mean, that, you know, was supposed to have epically failed, but by killing Jesus, they caused it to literally explode and Christianity spread like wildfire. Um, even though all the disciples were, you know, you know, seriously, you know, convicted of all their, you know, they, they, they were still hunted down and, and torn down and killed, 
even after Jesus, because Jesus said the same thing as, you know, they, they'll crucify me and they're going to they're going to do the same to all of you. But it didn't stop the faith from spreading. It continued to go on and on. An example of this as well in in modern days. Well, I guess if you consider the the 30s and 40s and 50s modern days, um, the 14th Dalai Lama of Tibet uh, was the religious ruler of Tibet and the political ruler of Tibet. And Tibet had been its own country for thousands and thousands of years. And the Chinese decided they were going to take over Tibet and absorb Tibet and get rid of the Tibetan people, which they're still working on doing that to this very day. And they've had a grip on Tibet for, you know, close to 60 years now. Um, But His Holiness the Dalai Lama, you know, had to flee his country in exile and go to India, which they were amazing and taking him and the Tibetan people still today uh, that migrate to India to uh, go into exile to escape, you know, this persecution uh, of their faith, which is being eradicated in, in China if they don't comply to what the Chinese want. And it was Mao Zedong, which is Chairman Mao, who um, spearheaded all of this to destroy the Tibetans. Because he thought that if he could take over Tibet, he could snuff out the Tibetan Buddhist faith. Well, all that did was cause the Tibetan Buddhist faith to scatter all over the world. There are more Tibetan Buddhists now in the world than than ever. And it was due in part to that, you know, the Chinese taking over Tibet, because if that wouldn't have happened, it wouldn't have you know, it wouldn't have spread. Tibetan Buddhism wouldn't have spread because Tibet was pretty much a lockdown country where they didn't allow outsiders. Or when they did, it was very, very, very few outsiders. They kept things very sacred and and, and didn't want it to be. Um, they enjoyed their privacy. They didn't want, you know, anybody from the outside coming in and destroying what they had, which is, you know, inevitably what happened. So it's now it's scattered around the world. But I think you're getting my my point. In someone doing something to try to destroy a faith or religion, it caused it to increase and to just explode and 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 grow. And that's the kind of mentality we need to have with what's going on in society and in our culture today. Now, I don't know how it is around the world. Uh, I know from our show, earlier show this season with Father Seraphim, um, where he was talking about how, you know, his faith, is under attack and how you know people are pulled out of churches and if they don't convert to islam they're beheaded right there on the spot um which is completely horrible you know and hard to believe and wrap your mind around but that could actually which i pray it doesn't that could possibly happen in this in the united states someday if we don't stick together lift each other up and keep each other going so there's this Catholic priest that I look up to that has, you know, he's very prominent, is, is well-known. Um, he's got his own YouTube thing. Um, he's got his own podcast. I'm not going to give his name. Um, I'm sure you can find the information. Um, I'm sure you can find him based on the information I'm about to give. 
Well, anyway, uh, he did a show on what the Roman Catholic view is on ghosts. Do they believe in ghosts? Do they think ghosts exist? And again, as I've said in previous shows, you know, I've had a fascination with the paranormal for quite some time. And, you know, rediscovering my uh, Roman Catholic roots and, and attempting to go back to that, um, which I'll get into in a moment, that was thwarted. So um, I was listening to his, his show and I was like, well, this is going to be interesting because I, I do want to know what the Catholic or Roman Catholic uh, view is on this. <clears throat> So, of course, he's getting into, you know, spirits and what are spirits and what are ghosts and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, he just kind of veers off the road, crosses the medium and hits somebody head on by bringing in paganism. And the first thing he brings up is witches and saying that all witches worship the devil. And I literally fell out of my chair because I was like, I can't believe he had just said what he said. Now, some of you might say, well, what was wrong with what he said? You know, witches are the demon worshipers and devil worshipers and all of that. And to that, I say, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. The term witch is a derogatory term. Um, it's like calling somebody a cuss word or calling an African-American the N-word. Um, it's very derogatory because it goes back to the Puritan days of the Salem witch trials where a lot of people that were pulled out and called witches weren't even witches at all. It was a whole political scam and scheme to control and take over. And, you know, I'm not even going to get into all that. But anyway, people who are true witches are the most loving and caring people you would ever want to meet. And I know some witches. I've known one witch for over 30 years, and this person actually lives their faith. They walk their faith every moment of every day. This person, if you said, I need a shirt, I don't have a shirt, they would not only give you their shirt, but they would give you their pants. They would give you whatever they had on them to where they were completely naked and had nothing on them. They would give you everything. Now, how many of us could say we would do that? I mean, I would be challenged myself to even do that. But this person does that. Now, I'm not saying that all people who practice the craft um, are doing it with a good intention, a good heart. But that is the core of that faith, of that belief. Um, and the craft itself is not a religion. Uh, Wicca is a religion of the craft, but not all witches are Wiccans, uh, as I've been told <laughs> and reminded many times. And it's the truth. Um, but again, if you want to point to the Wiccans, the Wiccan read, the first thing on the Wiccan read says, harm none. So they don't worship the devil. They don't believe in the devil. They're not casting spells and blah, blah, blah. They're praying. Their spell work is prayer work. So when we pray, it's no different than what they do. Well, they burn incense and say, well, Catholic, Roman Catholic, well, all Catholics burn incense too. Go to any church. What are they doing in the mass? They're using incense. So, I mean, you can't, well, they're using it for God. Well, those of the craft are using the incense for the higher being that they follow, which is the equivalent of what we consider to be God, you know, and see, this is the thing is we've got to get over this. My thing is, 
I always tell people that if you truly want to know about another faith or religion, if you're curious about it, study, study it. By studying it, you're not breaking any of your rules of your faith or religion. You're not converting. You're educating yourself. And I'm not saying if you're interested in Catholicism, go out and get a book that an atheist wrote on Catholicism. That's absolutely not what I'm saying, because that's incorrect. That would give you misinformation. On the contrary, what I'm saying is find someone who is authentic, someone who is trustworthy and reliable, who has written something or done a YouTube video on it or a series on it to where you can watch it or read it and study it yourself and learn what it is. Because we fear what we don't know. So we're attacking these other faiths and other religions out of fear. We fear, you know, what, what they are and what they do. You know, they can cast spells. They can put hexes on people. No, they don't. Again, harm none. They're great people. They're good people. Do as I do. And, and as a, this is the example. I was in, from the Father Seraphim uh, show. Again, I'm referring back to that about the Orthodox faith, which I had no idea even when I did that show uh, that he was Orthodox, um, that intrigued me. I'm like, well, you know, this man is such a beautiful being and such a pure soul and heart who is so beyond dedicated to God and in, in helping others. You know, that pushed me and moved me to find out. I wanted to find out what is what is what is this faith that he's following i've 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 heard the word here and there but i know absolutely nothing about the orthodox so i studied i started to study i'm still studying i'm, I'm still learning and i'm so beyond blessed that i did now i haven't converted to orthodoxy which <laughs> believe me I've, I've been praying on it but i have i haven't converted but i've learned so much and i hope you all have learned so much as well because we had that incredible show of Metropolitan Anthony of Soros. And wow, that was just a mind-blowing uh, episode. And, and wow, what what a, a saint, what a man of God, what a being of God uh, he was and still is through his teachings, which we are so beyond blessed to have. That's what I'm pointing at, is if you don't understand something research it, investigate it, study it again from credible sources, not from those who are against it, because they're going to give you misinformation. You want authentic, accurate information. You know, most people believe that Muslims are bad and they're all extremists and they blow things up and they kill people. And that's wrong. Absolutely wrong. Most Muslims are very wonderful, kind and loving people. If you don't know, study their faith. Get the Quran. Look at it. Just by studying it doesn't mean that you're going against your faith, going against your God, converting to anything. You're educating yourself. And through educating yourself, you can better relate to these people. You can better relate to people of other faiths when you see them on the street. And believe me, you will. I'll give you a perfect example of it. It was probably 2005 in the spring. Uh, there was a period of time, close to 10 years, where my family and I could not afford a car. So we took public transportation wherever we went, and that meant back and forth to work everywhere. And which in where we live, it's bus. You take the, you know, the public bus. 
So on the weekends, the bus schedule is less sporadic. There's less buses on the weekend, and especially on Sundays and holidays. Well, it was a Sunday, and I had close to an hour wait for the bus. Um, This is when I was actually a practicing uh, Buddhist at the time and was teaching Buddhism and Eastern philosophy. And I had my mala in my hand, as I often did when I when I you know was walking about. I would always pray, <clears throat> so I'm al- always doing a mantra, which I, I, at that time I believe I was doing uh, the Mani mantra, which is the mantra of compassion for all beings. No, it's not Satanist, and no, it's not worshiping the devil. It's having compassion, that unbridled love, unconditional love for all beings, and wishing all beings well. So it's an amazing prayer. So I'm standing there at the bus stop, and I'm, you know, going through the beads. And um, I was, I had a mala, and a mala is a, is a, a, a you know, string with, with prayer beads, with beads on it, and there's 108 of them. So the Orthodox have the prayer rope, which is similar, and the Catholics have um, rosaries, which is similar. So I'm standing there, and I'm just minding my own business, and there was nobody around, and I'm waiting for the bus at the bus stop, and I'm, you know, again, it was a nice, beautiful spring morning, and I'm waiting for the bus, and I'm, you know, going through the, the prayer and clicking the beads. And this African-American gentleman walks up to me and says, excuse me, do you mind if I ask you a question? And I was like, oh, no, sure. You know, what, what can I do? How can I help you? He says, can I ask what you're doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm praying. He says, are you Muslim? And I said, no, no, I'm Tibetan Buddhist. And he says, oh. He says, well, we have those in, in the Muslim faith as well, and we call it telling the beads. So we kind of had a conversation back and forth where he asked me some questions about my faith and I asked him some questions about his faith. And it was amazing. It was just so spontaneous. And he wasn't coming at me all guarded and, and, and wanting to condemn me for, you know, being a heresy. And I wasn't going at him condemning his faith or calling him a heretic. We were generally interested in each other's faith in you know, here we had that opportunity, you know. So it's times like this that can happen in your life. Um, I know my wife has had situations where she's helping somebody and she always goes above and beyond for everybody. She really does. She's such an amazing soul and, and uh, I've canonized her I don't know how many times. She's beyond a saint to me. And, and other people see her the same way too. And I'm not she she would taste that I'd be saying this anyway because she's so humble. But people have often asked her what her faith is. Now, I'm not going to say on the show what her faith is. That's her private thing and for her. But when she, I mean, because they are genuinely happy for what she's done for them and that it was done out of, you know, pure love and selflessness to where they ask, they want to know, you know, well, what faith are you? Because where we live, it's predominantly a Roman Catholic area. And a lot of people are accepting to how she replies, but there are a lot of people who aren't. And that's a shame. Here you just did a selfless deed for somebody, and they were generally happy and accepting and thankful until they ask you that question of what's your faith, and when you say what your faith is, then they turn on you. That is, see, that's what I'm getting at here. This is the, this is what we've got to stop. You know, we've got to thwart this. This has to be stopped. Because all that does is cause more 
issues. Does it change her? No. Does it hurt her? Yes, it does. But she gets over it very quickly because she's all about non-self. It, you know, she's, again, so beyond humble. It's not about her. It's about how she can help this person, the next person, every person she comes in contact with. She doesn't ask you what your faith is or what your religion is before she helps you. She helps you unconditionally. And that's how we should be. That's how Jesus was. So again, getting back to what would Jesus do? We have references to this in the Bible. I don't know if you all know what a zealot is or a zealot was back in Jesus's day. But do you remember Simon the zealot that was one of the disciples of Christ? Um, I myself didn't know what a zealot was. I mean, I always thought a zealot was just an extremist, but it's more than that. And I didn't know until the show, The Chosen. <laughs> if, you, if you're a Christian and you haven't seen that show, that series yet, you've got to watch The Chosen. Amazing. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it through the app. Not sponsored by them. Wish I was, but amazing show if you want to get the true historic view of what a zealot was. A zealot was a trained assassin uh, uh, who was a Jewish extremist that was trained to kill Romans and mainly Roman um, government officials you know, or anyone that stood in the way of the Jewish faith. And these guys were extremists and they were assassins. But Simon, who was a zealot, Jesus found him and said, follow me. And he converted. He changed. He followed Jesus. So here Jesus walks up to a known assassin and brings him on not only to follow him, but to be a disciple of his. Talk about pagans. Everybody's like, well, you know, pagan this, pagan that, blah, 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 blah. The centurion, Roman centurion. Remember the story about the Roman centurion in the Bible with Jesus? Does anybody remember that one? Okay. A Roman centurion who is a higher ranking uh, Roman soldier finds Jesus. He's looking all over, finds Jesus. He walks up to Jesus while Jesus is with his disciples and with other Jewish people. And, Jew, uh, you know, Jesus was teaching. And, you know, here this centurion walks up and apologizes for interrupting him. But he says, you know, Jesus, I have a servant who I've known most of my life, who is such an amazing person. And I have learned that he is dying and I need you, I would like for you to heal him. Can you heal him for me? And Jesus said, of course, you know, let's, let's go to your home. The centurion stopped him and says, I'm not worthy to have you in my home. But me being a centurion, you know, being a higher ranking uh, soldier, he says, I know that if I tell one of my people, go do this or go do that, they'll do it. He said, so I know that you, being who you are, if you say my servant is healed, I know he will be healed. And Jesus' jaw kind of dropped a little bit, and he looked at his disciples. Now this guy's a pagan. He's worshiping, you know, Roman gods and goddesses, okay? He's not worshiping your God or my God or our God or whatever we view our God to be. He's worshiping gods and goddesses, okay, multiples, Jesus' jaw kind of drops, and he looks at everybody around him and says, look at this guy's faith. He has the most amazing faith among all of you. Now, do you think that ticked people off? It sure did. I'm sure Jesus lost followers 
just by saying that. But that's how he was. And that's what he meant. And he looked at that guy and he said, your faith has healed him. He's healed. So the centurion goes home. And of course, of course, the person's healed. The servant's healed. So, I mean, if you want to talk, start talking about pagans, this and pagans, that. And what did Jesus think about pagans? How did Jesus treat pagans? So, again, it doesn't matter what your faith. You've got to live your faith. Live it, live it, live it. Learn it and live it. And please, 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 don't let my words upset you. I'm merely trying to help and to educate. If you like what I'm saying, if it's clicking with you, great. If it's not, throw it away. Um, You know, don't pay no attention, but don't shut the show out because of what I'm saying personally. Again, this is my own personal view that I'm hoping will help um, help us all. I mean, again, getting back to Jesus, lepers. Back in the day, nobody wanted anything to do with lepers. It was probably worse than the way we act around people with COVID now. You know, it, it's that contagious and it's that deadly. Um, but again, how did Jesus handle it? You know, 10 guys hear about Jesus who have leprosy. And um, they're not of Jewish faith. They're of different faiths. One of them is a Samaritan of the Samaritan faith. They go running up to Jesus saying, heal me, heal me, heal me. And Jesus says, you know, go back to the temple and, you know, tell them that you're healed. And, you know, back then you would go if you were cured of leprosy, you would have to be inspected um, by someone in the temple. And you would <laughs> you'd actually have to pay them to inspect you a fee and then they would declare either you're healed or, or you're still, you know, unclean and, and um, contagious and a leper. So he heals and tells the 10 guys to go back to the temple and that they would be healed and 10 of them take off. Well, one stops and he was a Samaritan and he was like, looked down at his arms and he noticed he was healed right away. So he goes back and he drops at Jesus feet, kissing Jesus feet, you know, you know, praising Jesus and, you know, thanking him over and over and over again. And Jesus, you know, helps him up and looks at him and says, yeah, where's the other nine? So, you know, here even Jesus reached out to the lepers and those he helped. How did they repay him? One out of ten actually stopped to say thank you and pay their homage and respect to him. So these are things we have to keep in mind. Again, if you're Christian, if you're of the Christian faith, this is how we're we're supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to be. Now, can we do this exactly? Absolutely not. We're not we're not human and divine per se as Jesus. Now, we all have divine in us, but that's a different story altogether, which will go down that rabbit hole. Some other show, maybe or maybe not. But the emphasis is on love unconditional love for all beings, regardless if you agree with them, you disagree with them. You know, again, how did Jesus react to people who disagreed with him? You know, he spoke his peace, but did he lash out at him, at them? Did he, you know, other than the time he, you know, overturned the, uh, the tables and stuff in the temple for the people that were desecrating the temple and, and having a flea market and, and stuff in the, in the Holy temple. Uh, but other than that, um, I mean, how, did he lash out? I mean, when they were crucifying him and at any time he could have just nodded and they would have probably all been vaporized. Um, but he didn't. He let it happen. And I'm not saying roll over and let 
people take away your faith. On the contrary, Jesus did not let anyone take away his faith. Um, through their actions, his faith became, you know, it, what he taught became stronger. Um, it became stronger in all of us. And still today, that resonates, that strength, that power of his action, of his crucifixion and resurrection um, and ascension still is is gaining more and more power today. I'm sure if you're a practicing Christian, you feel it in your faith or you should feel it in your faith through your prayer and your actions. But, you know, we all need to be more like that, be more like Christ if you're if you're Christian. And I'm sure, as you all are aware, there's so much infighting within faiths as well. I mean, I've got two examples here on the Roman Catholic faith. And again, I'm not picking on the Roman Catholic faith. Again, it's something I'm most familiar with. Um, and I have the documentation on it. So that's, you know, I have the education. So I'm, I'm backing that up and I'm sharing that. Uh, St. Pope John Paul II, April 5th, 2005, was the very first pope to enter a mosque and to bow down and kiss the Quran. Now, do you believe that was 2005, April 5th, 2005? People are still upset about that today. Roman Catholics are still talking about that today. I just heard it on Roman Catholic radio last week. People were talking about it. I just saw a YouTube video a month ago where somebody was talking about that and talking about how the Pope was wrong. He shouldn't have done that, that that was heresy. And these are heretics and we shouldn't have nothing to do with them. No, on the contrary, we should have everything to do with all religions and all faith. That's one thing St. Pope John Paul II was so known for one of his biggest things was trying to unite the face. You know, he would have the World Faith Day every year where people from all over, all faiths would meet, you know, there at the Vatican, um, all together, and each faith was represented by their own people, would take turns getting up and offering prayers for the world and for peace and for healing I mean, amazing, unprecedented, you know. And the second thing St. Pope John Paul II was known for, which we're going to have a show on him in season two, stay tuned for that, uh, was known for is his focus on educating the youth of the world by instilling in them Christian values and getting them to understand the faith and to be closer to God and the importance of living like Christ. Because... He was working to try to thwart and stop what's going on now in the world. You know, it worked for a time being, but unfortunately, if that monarch is not there, that beacon of light is not there to keep banging on the pots and pans to get our attention, we quickly get something else gets our attention. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's something negative. Um, and thus, you know, we have the issues we have today. The second example and you know this is not just a heresy this is a pagan act done by the current pope pope francis october 2019 now this is still talked about today and i there i hear about this if not every day i hear about it every other day on catholic radio youtube and all those people just won't let this go this is from october of 2019 um, where the Pope had a, a group of people from the Amazon. They were Roman Catholic, but however, they had incorporated the Pachamama into their Roman Catholic faith. 
And for those of you who aren't familiar with who or what the Pachamama is, is the Pachamama is a symbol of Mother Earth. It's usually a wood carving of a woman who is pregnant, usually, almost like nine months pregnant. Um, and the these Amazon Roman Catholics use this within their faith as kind of like a blessed mother kind of thing, um, where they not only venerate um, the mother of Jesus, but they also venerate the earth, uh, Mother Earth. And it's of their indigenous faith that when they were, you know, missionaries went there and converted them, they kept that part of their indigenous beliefs and incorporated that into their faith. Well, Pope Francis saw this as a very good thing. He actually said on several occasions and still says today that we should be respectful of this and that people converting should not abandon completely their culture because the Pachamama, it was part of their culture, not just their faith. Their faith and culture were one. It was their way of life. And that's how our faith should be. It should in our religion. It shouldn't be just what we do on Sundays or what we do from time to time or it's what we call ourselves when somebody asks us what we are. It should be who and what we are. It should be how we live. So getting back to what Pope Francis did, the you know, the catastrophic, blasphemous, heretic thing that he did was there was a, a, some kind of pr- procession uh, at the Synod, I believe I'm saying that right, I hope, S-Y-N-O-D Hall, uh, there at the Vatican. And he invited people from the Amazon Roman Catholic uh, people to come, and they brought figures of the Pachamama for the Pope to bless. And people were, other Roman Catholics were outraged that the Pope would not only allow this, um, so I guess this synod thing is like a couple, uh, a ceremony that goes over a couple days. So this not only happened at that moment, but it was something that was done over several days. And the Pope actually let them put a uh, figure of the Pachamama, like a large figure, like a, a, you know, a human size, like six foot or so, uh, statue of the Pachamama there in Synod or Synod Hall. Um, and people were just absolutely livid. And here's the Pope blessing and bowing down to the Pachamama and blessing these little Pachamama figures. And it outraged people so bad that when people weren't there in that uh, church or Synod Hall, they went in, took the Pachamama figures, went down to the Tiber, and threw them in the water. They were that outraged. The Pope got upset and ordered people to go down there and get them out of the Tiber, to fish them out and to bring them back. And, I mean, this happened recently. Here is actually, it upset people so bad that they filed a formal complaint against the Pope. It's called the Contra Recentia Sacrilegia which translates to protest against Pope Francis's sacrilegious acts that condemns uh, wholesale of the Pope's dabbling in idolatry. And here's what it says. On October 4th, Pope Francis attended an act of idolatrous worship of the pagan goddess Pachamama. He allowed this worship to take place in the Vatican Gardens, thus desecrating 
the vicinity of the graves of the martyrs and of the church of the apostle Peter. He participated in this act of idolatrous worship by blessing a wooden image of Pachamama. On October 7th, the idol of Pachamama was placed in front of the main altar at St. Peter's and then carried in procession to Synod Hall. Pope Francis said prayers in a ceremony involving this image and then joined in this procession when wooden images of this pagan deity were removed from the church of Santa Maria in Transpontina, Trans, excuse me, Transpontina, where they had been sacrilegiously placed and thrown into the Tiber by Catholics outraged by the profanation of the church. Pope Francis, on October 25th, apologized for the removal, and another wooden image of Pachamama was returned to the church. Thus, a new profanation was initiated on October 27th in the closing mass of the Synod, he accepted a bowl used in the idolatrous worship of Pachamama and placed it on the altar. Ooh-wee, shame on him. Wow. So, <laughs> the whole time people are outraged. Did they stop for a second and see this guy, the Pope, who they believe to be a direct high representation of God itself, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, was doing what it was supposed to do. And these people didn't stop for a second to see this, to say to themselves, well, what would Jesus do? I mean, I can completely understand because it was so foreign to people. They were blindsided by it. They weren't expecting it to see this go on. I mean, I would be scratching my head, too, but hey, this was October of 2019. You all have cell phones. You all have Internet. You all have Google. Anybody could have stopped for a moment to Google what a Pachamama was and then to educate yourself on that it was not only permitted by Pope Francis, but also by previous popes, also St. Pope John Paul, for these Roman Catholics of the Amazon to incorporate the Pachamama into their worship, into their practice, into their faith. <laughs> Nobody stopped to do that. What did they do? They, they not only went and took the Pachamamas out of the, uh, the, the hall and, and threw them into the river, they also filed a formal complaint against the Pope. And again, I hear about this still today, if not every day, every other day. And it goes on. And again, please, if you're Roman Catholic, don't take this personal. You know, I have Roman Catholic blood in me as well. I mean, I, I was a cradle Roman Catholic. Um, but it gets into even more because Catholics are against the Orthodox because they say because the Orthodox Catholics bow down to and kiss images, painted images of their saints in Christ, in um, Mary, and what they call Theotokos. See, I'm learning Orthodox brothers and sisters. Um, they say that those are idols and they're, you know, uh, it's, it's blasphemy and idolatrous and all this. But then look at Catholics. Catholics have statues 
that they kiss the feet of. I mean, we saw in the Sister Claire uh, show where Sister Claire's transforming moment is when she went on that pilgrimage and that retreat that she kissed the feet of Jesus on the crucifix, the giant crucifix that they were holding. She had that amazing life-changing moment. Is that not an idol too? No, these are ways in which these are all tools in which we use to help our faith, to nurture our faith, to connect us to our faith, to connect us to the divine. Um, you know, you can't have crosses, crucifixes, images. Even the Roman Catholics have images as well. I mean, paintings and pictures and uh, the Shroud of Turin and rosaries. And I could go on and on and on. But you don't see the Orthodox saying, you know, Roman, I mean, excuse me, excuse me, the Orthodox Catholics saying that against the Roman, it's, we've got to stop. We've all got to stop. And I mean, I'm not directing this to just to people that are listening. I'm just saying worldwide in general, this just has to stop because I don't know if you believe in the devil. I don't know if you believe in darkness. If you believe in light, you have to believe in there, there's dark. If there's light, there's dark. If there's good, there's evil. But that which is dark and that which is evil, this plays right into its hands. You know, uh, the demonic, the dark, um, doesn't have to do a thing to destroy our religions and our faiths because us pitting ourselves against each other and fighting against ourselves is doing it for them. They don't have to lift a finger. It's being done all by our own doing. And that we have to stop. I mean, we need to focus on the similarities of each other's beliefs and each other's faiths. Um, and if it's somebody that's an atheist or somebody that doesn't have a faith, don't hold that against them. That's somebody you need to hold even closer. That's somebody you need to help even more. And I'm not saying by pushing a Bible in their hand or, you know, kidnapping them and taking them to church. I'm saying you need to hold that person even closer. You need to pray for that person even more. Help that person. Again, by you doing what you're doing will help them. They will see that. You know, and, and they will learn from you. I mean, believe it or not, there are actual mental illnesses that can that stop and prevent people from believing in a higher power. Did you know that? I didn't know that until recently. I found out that myself and I realized that I know somebody who has that uh, mental disorder that they just can't believe in a higher power because of their mental illness. Um, so do you damn and blaspheme that person? Do you condemn them? You know, Jesus says you, you're not supposed to condemn uh, anybody. You know, you're not supposed to do that to anybody at all. He also said you're not supposed to judge. So don't judge or condemn lest you be judged and condemned. But do we do that? No, I mean, yeah, everything we do, do is just based on our conditioning. Sometimes it's how you were raised. It's what you were ex exposed to um, prejudices that you learned um, either directly or indirectly. There's so much that you receive indirectly um, or I should say unconsciously. That's better. Uh, there's so many things that you learn unconsciously that you're not aware of because of the music you listen to, the movies you watch, the TV that you watch, the news that you watch. All of those things are programming your mind. Whether you're aware of it or not, it's getting in there. And that all 
shapes how you view things and how you see things and how you experience things. So again, as I was saying, it's not just Christians. This even happens in Buddhism, if you can believe it or not. And again, no, Buddhists do not worship idols, and they're not idolatrous, and they're not devil worshipers, and they're not Satan worshipers, and they don't do black magic, and they don't, you know, yeah. You just have to educate yourself on what they are. They are some of the most, most of them are some of the most peaceful, compassionate people uh, you will ever meet in your lifetime. Uh, my family and I were so beyond blessed uh, to have met two uh, Tibetan monks uh, and to actually see a group of Tibetan monks doing a mandala ceremony uh, back in the early 2000s uh, that changed our lives. I mean, that's, I always had a, a Buddhist perspective. And as I've said, you know, I've meditated, you know, since I was quite young and it's always been a staple in my life. And, you know, I've dabbled in like Zen Buddhism and stuff up to that point here and there. Uh, but I never really pursued it as I did when I met these monks um, and had the opportunity to spend some time uh, with one of them. Um, and that's th how I became, uh, you know, teaching, you know, Tibetan Buddhism and Buddhist philosophy for some time. But, um, you know, after that, after the, my teacher had told me that, you know, I was permitted to teach, and I took um, what they call um, lay vows, um, which makes you similar to a monastic, but you can still uh, be married and have a family. So I took lay vows and actually wore uh, Tibetan Buddhist robes for four years. Um, the only time I did not wear robes was when I went to work because I had to wear a certain uniform for work or a certain dress code for work. But other than that, I was in robes. If I was home, I was in robes. If we went out anywhere, I was in robes. Um, so you can just imagine a Caucasian male in Tibetan robes. If you're not familiar with what they look up, they look up Tibetan Buddhist monk, and you'll see pretty much what I was wearing. And I did that for four years. And you can only imagine the looks I got, comments I got, some positive, a lot of negative. Again, because in the area where I live, it's predominantly Roman Catholic. So they didn't know what it was. They just assumed right off the bat that it was, uh, I'm a heretic and it's heresy. And that, you know, I'm a demon worshiper going to hell and <laughs> whatever. But anyway, getting back to Buddhism, getting back to the Buddhist thing. So you know, my wife and family and my, me and my family was going to a center, which is where we, uh, we were getting, receiving teachings from these uh, Tibetan monks. You know, one of them was a high-ranking monk and the other one not so much. And we kind of drifted to the one that was not so much, who was so beyond uh, a blessing to us and such an amazing being. Um, but, um, you know, I, there I was going to this center and I had taken the lay vows and uh, my teacher was aware of this, and he condoned it and approved it. And even the higher uh, monk approved it as well. He actually gave a teaching on it. And when I would go to the center, I would uh, feverishly write down every word he was saying because, I mean, they were recording it so people could listen to it. But I wanted it in writing because I know that the written word is kind of, I shouldn't say forever, but it's to me it's more hard it's more bound it's more lasting than a recording a recording can be destroyed and lost but something that's written down is more likely to 
you know, stay. And, you know, I would feverishly write down every word, every word, every word, every word. Um, You know, I'd even record it and go back and listen to it and make sure I had all the words, word for word, word for word, written down. And it was the point where people were actually coming up to me, asking me after uh, the class, saying, hey, you know, did you transcribe this this class? I'm like, I transcribe every class. And they were like, well, can I have a copy of that next week? So I was actually making copies for people. Well, you know, I didn't know. But there were people there that were wishing me wrong, that were upset with me wearing robes and considering me to be blasphemous and a heretic. And I didn't know this. Um, It was unbeknownst to me. Well, we eventually didn't go there anymore uh, because people had started asking me to teach. Well, the Tibetan Buddhists have this thing that if someone asks you to teach three times, you have to teach. So... Uh, this couple and their family kept saying, hey, you know, because they would ask me questions after the class and I would answer their questions because the teachers spoke uh, Tibetan and they would have to use a translator to speak for the most part. I mean, some of them knew English to, to have a conversation, but to get really intellectual, uh, to break it down to where, you know, everyday English, you know, it was more was needed. So, you know, people would come up and ask me questions. Well, this couple and their family said, you know, you should teach. You should teach, to which my wife didn't help out. She said, yes, you should teach. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, no don't look here. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that guy, and I'm not that person. Um, you know, you've, you've got great teachers here. You know, you don't, you don't need me. You know, I'm nobody. You know, again, being uh, the utmost humble and, and realizing, you know, and being, not putting ego in it at all because the first time you put ego into something, it becomes poison. It really does. And that's with everything in life. Uh, anytime you involve the I, me, and mine, it's poison. You know, you've got to be selfless, as selfless as you possibly can. So you know, I went to my teacher because they had exceeded the three times asking me. And he said, you know, do a retreat with me. You know, spend 24 hours with me. And and I did that. And oh, my gosh, what it's it ranks up there with one of the most um, amazing experiences uh, and a definitely one of the most amazing spiritual experiences I've ever had in my life. But he was like, well, bring your books, bring your, because I had binders and binders of of, of teachings and uh, rituals and what they call pujas, which are prayer ceremonies. Tons and tons of, I had loaded up. You know, as my wife says, when I do something, I don't half do it. I go all into it, but I have a tendency to burn up real quick. But anyway, so I did this. I spent this time with him. And he afterwards, at the end of uh, the 24-hour retreat, he said, yeah, you, you teach, you teach, you teach. You know what I know. I was like, absolutely not. I have no idea. I mean, you, you've spent, you know, 10 or so more years in a monastery. I don't know what you know. He says, no. You know, he kind of tapped my heart and says, you know, you know. So I started teaching. My wife and son were nice enough to be accepting of their husband and father who's now taking lay vows and wearing monastic robes um, all the time with the exception of when he goes to work and that was that. And also turning their home into a place to invite strangers in to receive uh, Buddhist teachings and Eastern philosophy teachings. Um, I set up a website Back in those days, and and um, everything was free. I would record my teachings and upload them to the internet, and everything I did was for free. I never ever asked anybody for anything. 
uh, people were always telling me you should charge and I to which I would reply did the Buddha charge um, and again Buddha is not a god people will uh, just knee-jerk reaction he's a god no he's not a god he predates Jesus um, by like 500 years which doesn't make him better there's no comparison Buddha was a teacher plain and simple that's all he was he was an everyday human being who discovered uh, a way of spiritual awakening and through lots of trials and tribulations he discovered that and documented that and uh, shared that freely with people he never charged anybody for everything anything and that was my core of uh, what I did I didn't charge anything for anybody I mean if they wanted to make donations we had like a library a small library where they could donate books if they wanted to donate books where everybody could be free to check out a book and take it and study it and bring the book back um, you know we had coffee and tea and cups, which if they wanted to bring coffee, tea and cups to help that, they could do that. But I never accepted any money for anything ever. And, um, you know, I'm not proud of that, but I'm very happy about that because um, a lot of people see different faiths and, and see that as a cash crop. There's so much money that can be made from a faith and by someone teaching a faith. And I could have, but I didn't. And I wouldn't have, and I still wouldn't have. And I stand firm on that. But anyway, getting back to the story before I went off on my tangent, sorry. Um, this guy in Singapore pops up out of nowhere and starts calling me out saying, um, I'm not uh, permitted to teach and I need to stop immediately and that what I'm doing is heresy and I'm not authorized to teach and I'm a phony and it spread. I mean, of course, you know how the Internet is. This was on the Internet. And I, I'm not going to say it, but if I gave my teaching name at, that I was going by at that time, um, you could still Google it today and you'll find centers that actually have my name down as you are not permitted to mention these people or these faiths, these Buddhist faiths um, in this center. And my name is still on the list. Now, how ignorant is that? Because these people have no idea who I was and what I taught. They're just going based on somebody else's poison that spread from person to person to person. Well, blessings that one of my students uh, at that time, who's also a, a near dear friend and brother, um, had some background in law and realized that this was slander. And even back in the 2000s, this was wrong. And so he contacted the, uh, which was Yahoo at the time, and had most of it uh, removed. Of course, you know how the internet is. Once you put something on it, it never goes away and it will be around in some way, shape, or form forever. So forever, there's going to be a dark cloud over the person that I was back in those days that was teaching out of unconditional love and compassion for all beings. And I'm still that way today, even though I don't fly under that flag. Um, I still don't ever regret what I did. But again, just showing you that even in Buddhism, there's factions that go against each other. And I ended up finding out later that how that all started was a gentleman that was going to the center that I was at um, did not like me and did not agree with what I was doing and was very jealous and upset with me. So instead of speaking with me one-on-one -on -one about 
what he did not like or what he disagreed with, he went and got this guy um, in Singapore to start this hate campaign against me. Now, this gentleman later came forward and uh, apologized to me for this through email. This, you know, was because he was in a different state. Uh, but I mean, like I told him, I said, like, you know, I, I don't I don't have anything against you because he was like forgive me i'm like there's absolutely nothing to forgive you for if there was i would but there's nothing to forgive you for you know what you did was what you thought was best at the time even though it was done out of ignorance and i'm not saying ignorance as as you're stupid as in a derogatory term he was just he was doing something out of what he thought was right which was his conditioning which was not correct um you know and you know he, he was bowled away by my response because he was actually thinking I was going to jump back at him and damn him and condemn him. And that's not me. That wasn't me then. That's not me now. Um, So, you know, again, see how you can handle things. You know, you always have a choice in how you respond. You don't have a choice in what happens to you uh, per se, but you do you always have a choice in how you respond to somebody, uh, somebody that's hating on you or somebody that disagrees with you? Uh, there's all kinds of there's infinite ways that you can handle it. Um, so always try again. If, if you're Christian, revert to what Jesus would do. If you're Buddhist, what would Buddha do? If you're Muslim, what would um, Allah do? You know, what would what would your you know whatever? If you're Pachamama. What would Mother Earth do? You know, revert to that. And you can't go wrong. You really can't. So now some of you may be saying, you're feverishly looking on Google to try to find me and find that story and saying, you know, either rooting for me or you're (laughs) rooting against me. Believe me, that was all ancient history. And, um, you know, If you all want more information, I think I gave about as much detail as I'm comfortable with giving or should give. But if you want more information, feel free to email me directly and we can have a conversation about it if you want. I honestly don't see the need uh, or how it would be positive in any way, shape or form other than what I've already shared. Or, you know, I've been asked to do a show about me and I'm still praying on that. And I'm still very uncertain because, again, I'm not... I'm not that I'm not worthy to be on this show um, with compared or in the same lineup as the amazing beings that we have on here. As a matter of fact, in Tibetan Buddhism, when you have a teacher, the teacher sits up on it's not necessarily a throne, but it's like an elevated platform. Um, And you have this in Roman Catholicism and Catholicism altogether. And most religions do where the priest or pastor or something is is sitting or standing up a little higher than the congregation or the students. Um, I was completely and totally against that when I taught. As a matter of fact, I made sure that all of my students had nice, comfortable sitting on the couches and love seat and chairs. They could sit on the floor if they want, but I always sat on the floor. I always made an effort to put myself lower, below those that I was teaching as um, a symbol of humility and respect showing them that even though I'm sharing with you what I know, don't take it for, uh, for gospel, don't take it for truth. Listen to what I have to say, put it to the test. If it works, great. If it doesn't, throw it away. 
I never once said, you know, this is canon. You have to believe this. This is the truth, blah, 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 blah. Never. And I don't, even with this show, I don't. This is my personal opinion. This show, this episode itself is, again, my personal opinion. Take it for what you want or not at all. Um, but, you know, that's pretty much that. We've got to get past these, um, you know, things of, of, of having prejudices against other people, against other religions, against other faiths. We've got to unite. The great philosopher, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, said, once God is dead, everything is permitted. So that's something to really meditate and pray on, that we have a society and a culture that is literally trying to kill God and to remove God from our lives. Um, and once that is achieved, they can do anything they want to do. Um, it's so bad here in the United States that Vladimir Putin, the you know ruler of Russia or president of Russia, whatever his title is these days, has warned us. He sent a warning to the United States and to our people saying, you've got to stop doing what you're doing. If you think that what you're doing is going to be beneficial, you're wrong. You know, he said, we tried that here and it epically failed. Many people died. It destroyed everything to the point to where Russia is still trying to recover from its Marxist and Lenin days of socialism and communism and, and all of that, all those isms, you know, we the United States is, is turning down that road very quickly. As I said, it's been a gradual process, but it seems like it's really ramping and accelerating. And, you know, we've all got to do everything we can to put on the brakes and, and not allow it to happen. St. John of the Cross said, where there is no love, Put love and there will be love. Keep that in mind that God is love. Jesus is love. The Holy Spirit is love. The Pachamama is love. Uh, Allah is love. Uh, Buddha is love. You know, whatever your faith, whatever your practice um, is love. Unconditional love. Now, you've got to remember what unconditional love is. Love without condition. It's not a this for that. It's not if you do this for me, I do this for you. It's I will love you regardless, regardless. And we've got to, to start living, living our faith. Again, I know a lot of you probably already do this. My wife and my son are already that way. Um, I do my level best to do that. Um, so, I mean, I'm not preaching <laughs> at any of you. I'm just trying to get the word out, bring attention to this and uh, get as many people on board with it as possible. So I rarely quote scripture because I'm still learning. And But Luke 17, 21 says, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So people looking here for God, people looking there for God, people going to, and there's nothing wrong with going to sacred places, even Buddhists go on pilgrimages to sacred places and there's many amazing things that happen to you when you go on pilgrimages but you've got to be doing it for the right reason uh, to do it for the experience not to do it for the search for God or the search for enlightenment or the search for awakening 
because that is always inside you. Uh, remember the teaching uh, that we had um, last week, or I shouldn't say teaching, but the show we had uh, last week where Penny shared uh, her story about, you know, Jesus, I mean, Jesus, excuse me, where God showed the DNA chain and pointed in the DNA chain. Excuse me, it wasn't last week's episode, it was the week before, or was it last week? It was the week before, sorry. Where God pointed in the DNA chain and said, see that, see that, that's me. I'm in you. So how, how clear, how much more clear do we need it? Uh, Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, when asked what the greatest commandment was, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Note what he said, love the Lord your God. So the God that you perceive, again, is not the God I perceive because I'm not you. I can't perceive God the way you perceive God because your conditioning is different than my conditioning. Your education is different than my education. Your background is different than my background. Is one better than the other? Absolutely not. It's all the same God in different energy and different forms, but the same thing. Okay, so we've got to see that, that you've got to love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul. Um, and in order to do that, we need to walk like Christ. And, you know, and what, was it, what else did he say? Love your neighbor as yourself. But a lot of us don't love ourselves, and that's a tragedy. I know a lot of people have mental illness. I know people that way that, that find it impossible to love themselves. Um, so if you can't love yourself, how can you love others? It's extremely difficult. But we all should do our level best, you know, and eight, for each person, that's different. Your level best is something that changes according to where you're at in your life and your understanding and your experiences. So always do your level best. So thank you all for hanging in there thus far. I'm, I'm about I'm about ready to start wrapping things up. Um, and I know the the show is supposed to have the core of. Uh, being uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring. And I hope this was. I hope you all don't see this as me getting on a soapbox and preaching or, you know, pointing or any, because I'm definitely not doing that. Again, if you could see me, I'm sitting lower than you are. <laughs> I'm sitting lower than you are. I'm lower than, than low. Remember, I'm, I'm the poo below the poo uh, in the garden, uh, not producing fruit. So um, I'm, I hope that through what I've shared and what I've said, that you, if things resonate the same with you, it's encouraging to you. It's uplifting to you. It's inspiring to you to know that you're not the only person that's seeing and experiencing this or thinking this, okay, that there are others out there like you. And I so pray with the core of my being um, that more and more people will will turn to faith in some way shape or form turn to that love that unconditional love for themselves and for others and for everybody to stop trying to destroy and change and root out religion and faith and embrace the positive things to the similarities again focus on that and again as i said before if you don't know what a faith is, don't condemn it uh, or judge it based on what you've heard somebody else say, condemning and judging it. 
research it. Study it yourself. Again, by researching and studying it yourself, you're not converting. You're educating yourself. And that's the greatest power that you can have is educating yourself on what something is and what it isn't. And again, get that information from a legitimate source, not from somebody that's anti whatever that is that you're you're studying. So in closing of, of that, what I just, <laughs> this rant, I guess you could call, or this sharing, I do have one more thing to say. Uh, there's a person that's very near and dear to me that has an amazing connection with the Holy Spirit. Um, again, I'm not going to say who this person is because they would not want me to say that, nor would they probably want everybody filling their email and trying to locate them. <laughs> try to get readings because the person doesn't do that. They're, they're not into that. Uh, they're very open to the Holy Spirit, to the Holy Trinity, and they do receive messages. And I, I really believe uh, what this person uh, says and, uh, and shares, I should say, because um, it's not from them. It's coming from a higher source. Um, so anyway, this person and I were having a conversation lately about this this show um, and about what I was going to cover and what I was going to say. And I used the word uh, term worship quite a bit when I was speaking with this person. And the person kind of paused for a moment, which I could tell, you know, they were getting that connection that something was speaking through them. And I kind of paused and the person said to me um, this, that this is from God. This is what this person told me that God is saying or that which is or whatever you want to label that which can't be labeled. Do not worship me. Honor me and everything you think, say and do. I, I, I want to I want to say that again. Do not worship me. God said, do not worship me. Honor me and everything you think, say and do. Now, doesn't that go right back to what Jesus was saying to love your the God, love your God with all your heart, mind and soul and take that a step further by loving your neighbor as yourself. Honor God or whatever you want to say. It's me. Honor me and everything you think, say and do. Okay. So that was the season finale, folks. I, I, again, I so hope that you enjoyed it. <laughs> Can I say that? Can I ask that? I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it educational. I hope you found it inspiring, encouraging, and uplifting. Um, it, it seemed like it was, it had the vibe of being, you know, droll and down. And, but I don't, I didn't mean it that way. On the contrary, I meant it to inspire and uplift you and put some fire in you to stand up, you know, and be proud of your faith in a good way, not pride as an ego pride, but proud as in, you know, you're wanting to walk like Jesus and, 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 um, and, and be like Jesus or be like uh, Allah or be like Buddha or be like Pachamama or who, whoever that is that you follow um, because they all come from the same God, regardless of what you want to label it. As I pointed out earlier, the word God, the term God is a new term. It's not an ancient term. Um, so don't get so fixed on the labels. That's where we go wrong is we get the ego involved, the I, me, and mine, and we get so stuck on labels. Don't see past the labels. See and feel the energy uh, that's going on. And I don't mean that in a new age way. I mean that in an in a, in a unconditional love way. Um, focus on that. So that is our season finale. Um, we are going to have a season two. 
And um, a lot of you have shared with me, which I beyond appreciate, and I greatly welcome, again, everybody contacting me and sharing with me what the show means to you. Again, as I always say, I'm always looking for ideas for the show. Um, you know, I've, I've had people from my family request shows that we did this season, um, and we'll be doing tons of more shows, and I'm sure tons of more seasons. Uh, so please, you know, reach out to me and, and share those with me. As I said um, in the last uh, show that since we have people from all over the world, I know there are so many amazing people uh, from your culture and your country that we have no idea about here in the States or even in other parts of the world. Just like the Pachamama. Who who knew of the, the Pachamama from the Amazon? I didn't until this, you know, garbage came up about the Pope, about Pope Francis. But, um, you know, please, you know, re reach out to me, share these people so we can do shows on them. And, um, you know, it's so very important. And again, as I was saying, you know, before I got <laughs> sidetracked again, sorry, folks, um, you know, thank you infinitely, all of you who've shared with me how much the show means to you. Um, I've had people uh, tell me that that you greatly look forward to this show, that it has become uh, key part of your life in your week and that you greatly look forward to it um, that you turn to the show when you have you know bad things going on in your life and I am deeply honored and, and beyond humbled that you see the show for that and I'm so happy that the divine is working through the show and is speaking to you uh, it's not me it's it's the show it's the people we have on the show it's the subjects we talk about uh, that resonate you know, from the heart to the heart as it should be. And um, some people were kind of uh, not openly, but, you know, kind of expressing that they were going to be sad that the show was ending uh, a season and that there might be some time between season one and season two. And as I've noted in previous shows, there's another podcast I have. It's called From the Heart. Um, it's all about, you know, the heart surgeries that I've had and the implant that I have in my mitral valve. And um, it was all based upon sharing that experience and helping others uh, going through that and just pretty much health and spirit based, um, helping people get through um, trials and tribulations with their health and trying to help them be healthier. Um, so what I was going to do, I did that show, a uh, season of that show before I did this show. And I'll, I'll have a link to it in the show notes if any of you want to check it out. Uh, so what I was going to do is uh, in between seasons of this show, I was going to go back to that show. But I've, you know, prayed on it and looked at it. And I believe I have done just about everything I could possibly do with that show. Um, and that's kind of how things went with me in teaching uh, Buddhism and Eastern philosophy as I taught um, I exhausted myself teaching everything I could possibly teach. And as I've told all of my students, um, you know, I've shown you and taught you everything that I know, and I, I have nothing else to offer. Um, you know, I'm still here, and I always will be here, um, but I won't be teaching anymore because I don't have anything more to share that I haven't shared. And that you, if you take what I've taught you, you've got everything right there. You know, so, I mean, of course, as you can imagine, that was met with mixed uh, feelings and emotions. Um, but anyway, um, getting back to the From the Heart show, I believe um, 
I haven't decided that I'm not going to do the show anymore. Like I said, I believe I've covered everything. I'm going to take a hiatus from it for a bit, or as my wife suggested, maybe do a show here and there. Uh, but I just wanted to let you all know um, this show is going to continue. And when will it continue? When will the show? When will season two start? How about next week? Does that work for you guys? So we will be back next week with episode one of season two. So I would like to close the show with a prayer. Uh, this is a Native American prayer for peace. Um, indigenous people of America are known as Native Americans or also as, as Indians, but a lot of them see the term Indian as a derogatory term. So um, this is the prayer. O great spirit of our ancestors, we raise the pipe to you, to your messengers, the four winds, and to Mother Earth, who provides for your children. Give us the wisdom to teach our children to love, to respect, to be kind to each other, so that they may grow with peace in mind. Let us learn to share all the good things that you provide for us on this earth. So thank you all so very much for getting through all this. And I apologize the show ran long. I figured it would be because I can, I tend to get long winded sometimes. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, but please uh, continue to listen. I hope you do. And I hope you, if you like the show, come back. If you really like the show, please share it with friends, family, uh, anyone that you think would be interested in it. Because, you know, as of now, we still don't have a sponsor for the show. I've looked and I haven't found any. And Anchor is supposed to be actively looking <laughs> yeah, right, for a sponsor. Uh, no big deal. If we get a sponsor or sponsors, great. If we don't, we don't. But um, sponsors help get your shows out to more people. And, you know, since we don't have a sponsor or sponsors, the only way this show gets out to others is either by you accidentally stumbling upon it on a search or, you know, somehow it gets, you know, showcased on a certain platform, um, you know, like Apple, you know, iTunes or, you know, Apple Music or Spotify or something like that, which I don't know if we've ever done that or not. I would think we did because... As I said in the other episode, we had a huge spike in listeners, and it looked like uh, a lot of those people were listening on iTunes. So it almost had the appearance that something hap happened with Apple uh, Music or something like that, that somehow, some way, we popped up and uh, the show popped up and people were clicking and listening, which is amazing. And I hope, so hope and pray uh, those people come back. Um, you know, I want this show to reach as many people as possible so we can help as many people as possible so we can, you know, help and uplift each other and love each other as much as possible, you know, so we can get the word out, get the people out that we share on the show. Oh, my gosh, this past season, we've had so many amazing people. And man, believe me, I've got a list and a half of more people for next season and seasons and seasons and seasons. So. I don't plan on going anywhere, and I hope you don't plan on going anywhere either. And again, I hope that you can uh, take a moment, some time, and reach out to me. Give me some feedback on your feelings on the show. And also, again, as I was saying, I'm always open to uh, suggestions from you for other people 
uh, on the show and also prayers. We all are so broken in so many ways and we we all can use prayers and I would love to pray for you. I would love to share your prayers on the show and I don't have to give your name or all the details. But, you know, as I've said before, the more information we have on what you want the prayers for, the better. Uh, that way we're able to direct those prayers uh, for that person. But I don't have to give details if you don't want me and I don't have to share your name if you don't want me. So if you want to get a hold of me, there's two ways you can do that. You can directly contact me uh, via email at um, faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's faithandmorepodcast, one word, at gmail.com. Or you can contact me through the website. And the website is faithandmorepodcast.wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash my dash site. Links to all this will be in the show notes, um, however you get the show notes. Again, I always highly recommend the website because it's such a beautiful website. It's so easy and free-flowing, and uh, it's so easy to get the links and to access the show notes. So please uh, check it out either way. Um, you know, Please reach out to me. Contact me. I'd love to hear from all of you on how the show has affected you, what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see coming up in Season 2. And don't forget, that starts next week. So I will see you all then. Thank you all so very much for tuning in and listening. I'm so looking forward to seeing you all again. But until then, lots of love and blessings to each of you. 